Welcome everybody to another episode of the GW Show. I am your host Marcus Weiser, and as always with me is the man himself, Mr. Dan Gonzalez. What's going on, my man? How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Um, I'm super hyped because this is a this is a very big sports week. Yeah, very big, all over the place. We got you know, and we got some NFL news that came out today. MLB's opening day is on Thursday. Yep. Of course, above all, everything else, it's officially WrestleMania week. Oh, all right. Yes, sir. Who, uh... Yep, Saturday, this Saturday and Sunday, WrestleMania 39 from Los Angeles, California. Dude, can you, I mean, <clears throat> I know you like wrestling, like you have your own podcast for that that you discuss every once in a while. But like, can we talk about the fact that it's been 39 WrestleManias? Like already, yeah. And if you're really interested, and this is for anyone who listens to the show, um, the channel A and E, they do a series like WWE, like autobiographies and whatnot. It's and they have a very good one about the first WrestleMania. It's funny you're talking about that. Like you know how you're waiting for me to like get on. Yeah, that's literally what I was watching. Was Really? I yeah. I because I had uh, <clears throat> I came across it the other day, and I've been sitting there watching like all the episodes of it. Yeah, that's... dude, they're phenomenal. Yeah. I, I love how they've done their stuff, and they have like the, you know, same thing too. They have like a rivalries series as well. Yeah. So you know, if anyone like, if anyone's like nostalgia for like being like a young wrestling fan, they have a lot of like the old guys that we all grew up watching, like you know, Kurt Angle. Degeneration X, Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold, Undertaker. Like, they have all the old guys, really. So, like, yep. I'm definitely, uh, well, I've cleared through all the episodes as a fan, but, you know. But, yeah, no. Um, Bias aside. They, um, <laughs> yeah, no, right? Big. Um, <clears throat> some pretty interesting news today, uh, NFL wise. It came out today that, uh, Lamar Jackson actually requested a trade back on March 2nd. This is before we all knew. This is before the legal tampering, before, you know, the exclusive tag got put on him. Like, we, this was kept in the dark. And I found it really, I'm not sure if he was trolling or trying to get under Harbaugh's skin, but today was the first day of the NFL owners meeting out in Phoenix, Arizona. All the owners and GMs and the coaches all congregate. Uh-huh. And this is usually where a lot of like big news starts coming out, and hopefully, you know, the one involving my team, hopefully that can get fixed up really quick. Um, but I guess someone must have tipped off Lamar Jackson because the moment Harbaugh stepped to the podium to just speak and answer questions, Lamar Jackson put out the tweet that he had requested a trade on March second, legitimately right as he was about to go to the podium. Boom! Puts out the tweet. What do you think, Marcus? Was he trying to piss off Harbaugh? I mean, you got to think, dude. Like, with what Lamar's done, you know, through, throughout his, 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 I guess you'd say, career tenure with Baltimore, I mean, you, you got to play into the factor of, like, you know, they keep saying they want to get a deal done. They want to get a deal done. They want to get one done. Uh, nothing is, nothing's done. Like no no word from it. Like there nothing has came about. Um, and so maybe he was just. 
I mean, he put his coach on the spot. I mean, uh, if you I mean, you go on Twitter and you look, man, it's clear as day what he had stated. He said, "Look, I don't want to play in Baltimore anymore. I requested a trade," and he's and he answered questions for like fans. He's like, "I'll answer questions that I feel is appropriate." And uh, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, he he put he put Harbug on the spot, man, and I, that pretty much solidified the the thought process of him coming back, I think that dropped it down to probably 20% because, I mean, they kept it in the dark, like you said, since the second. That's 25 days that, it's, that that has been without anybody's knowledge. We're not talking like a leak, like nothing. That's a closed-door conversation. And in today's age, man, a three-week three period like that, that's pretty impressive. So... um. I, I don't know what that means. Just because you request a trade doesn't mean you actually get it granted. Um, case in point, uh, with your team and Aaron Rodgers. Um, we'll see. I, I mean, there have been, you know, when they announced that he was going to be on the non-tenure tag, that uh, nobody was really interested in the services. So, Dan, I mean, I don't know if this, plays, if this helps him or hurts him. I, I don't know. I just don't – I don't like the way everything's been going on. I, I think it was either you and I – you or I, I meant to say, said that this was going to get very messy. And it's yeah. gotten to like that point now where even the NFL was sending out a memo about a person that was possibly negotiating on behalf of Lamar Jackson as a warning. Yeah, what was and, up with you know, that? Lamar, and the, Lamar kind of like dispelled it. <clears throat> But, like, at the same time, too, is I think – I'm not sure I, I could be misquoting or being misinformed, but, like, this person has worked with Lamar in the past. And, obviously, Lamar's, Lamar's mother used to – I believe she used to kind of, like, quote-unquote manage him, but has since, you know, stepped out of that role. And I truthfully believe that this is a lesson for a lot of young players, like, in college that are so – or college guys that are transitioning to the NFL – Hire an agent. You will get the most of your value if you have an agent. Yeah. Now, the one outlier in my statement is Laramie Tunsil. Laramie Tunsil does not have an agent, but he has negotiated himself some very nice contracts. I think Hopkins so, also I mean, doesn't have any representation either. And hence why he's still stuck in Arizona. But he, I mean, he got paid, so it's like... Yeah, I mean, he got his payday, but like, I feel like with a with an agent, you get the most out of your value. Like, if Lamar had an agent, I think he would have already signed his long term deal with Baltimore. Yeah, I think it would have happened already. And you know, I guess Laramie Tunsil did a lot of his own research. You know, and I think Lamar kind of needs to, you know, maybe talk to Laramie and say, "Hey, you know, how'd you get what you got? Because I'm trying to get paid." Which, you know, like you and I have both agreed that Lamar deserves to get mm -hmm. a nice payday. Yeah. Then, you know, we flip it to what Sean McDermott said about Josh Allen today, that the style of play that these guys play is not sustainable because they're taking a lot of hits. You know, and people are like, oh, did McDermott just take a shot at Josh Allen? And I was just kind of like, no, I'm like, he's being very honest the way Josh Allen plays and Lamar Jackson plays, these guys like to run by themselves. And, you know, Josh Allen's a unit. 
and it's hard to tackle him. So he's going to challenge and go right through you while Lamar is super fast. He can hit you with a juke, hit you with a spin, but sometimes those moves don't go your way. Yeah. And you either A, get hit, or B, God forbid, in those situations, you get the non-contact injury where it gets severe. Right. So that's where I can kind of, like, justify, like, the Ravens not paying Lamar just yet because, you know. I mean, obviously, with his injuries and things like that, the injury history that he had, like, it's uh, – well, I wouldn't even call it a history – I, I think that the the first um the the like the his first long term injury essentially didn't happen until last season and I think that that was kind of the played into maybe a potential factor of okay this is contract year I think maybe both sides were like look I'm not gonna play if I'm not getting a deal I think honestly he probably was only hurt for maybe two to three games and the rest of it was like. Look, I, I'm not playing unless I know I get a I get a deal. And then that, that didn't happen, and then that's why he was hurt, or that's why he was out for the rest of the season. But there's there's definitely, like you said, this is gonna be a messy situation. Um, I think now with everything coming through the turmoil today, I pretty much am gonna close the door on him being a Baltimore Raven next season. Um, I I just don't. Really, I don't. I don't see it happening. I really don't. I, I don't see it happening. I think a team's gonna come in for it. Um, I think with him requesting a trade or that this trade is being now public, I think you're gonna see that his value from the two first rounders. I don't know if there's like a, uh, kind of like a wiggle room or like maybe like a, a clause to where instead of it being two first rounders, it could be like a first and like two second rounders or a first and you know what I mean? Instead of just two first rounders or like a, I don't know how they can do it or if like a sign and trade is a thing in the NFL for stuff like that. I don't know. This is the first time this has happened. So nobody knows what the fuck's going on. You know what I mean? Like literally this is like the first time it's happened. So yeah, we don't. You don't really see this exclusive franchise tag to ever use. No, uh, oh, absolutely not. And so, what we're seeing here is something that you know. This isn't uh, a you know a a franchise altering decision. You know whether you are the team receiving Lamar or you're the t- or you're Baltimore receiving the fr- the you know the the draft picks, these things are changes a lot because um, money's involved. Like I said, picks are involved and, you know, recruiting players, you know, free agents and, you know, your draft style, everything changes for the next like three to like two to four years. Everything changes. So interesting to see what happens. Uh, I know Dan, you, you know, you're, you're pretty big. You know, you think that, I think your favorite destination for him is uh, Detroit. That's what it seems like. Am I correct? Yeah, I think I like him in Detroit. I mean, obviously, I know they got Jared Goff, so maybe you, you know, Jared Goff gets involved in another, you know, QB for QB swap. <laughs> yeah, I think that could be like a factor in it too. I also, I also like if I want to go conference to conference in the AFC, I would like him in Indianapolis. 
I think with Shane Stipen or um, is that a Steichen? I definitely said Stipen. Who's, who's that? Uh, Steichen, the uh, head coach for the Colts. Steichen, right? Like the oh, new, the, the former Shane, uh, Shane Steichen, right? Or Steichen? I'm sorry if I'm misprint. I'm botching the hell out of his last name. I know that for a fact. But regardless of the fact, if he's bringing that same playbook that he had in Philadelphia over at Indianapolis, it's it's a perfect fit Lamar for Lamar Jackson. It's perfectly designed, short passes. QB, use your legs, use what, you know, use that gift that you have. And, mm. you know, so being, he, you know, he has a great wide receiver in Pittman. Hopefully, you know, Jonathan Taylor has a bounce back year, and, you know, in an offense that's run first. Their offensive line is decent. I know we talked about it you before, know. man. Or I don't know if I did it, we did it on the show, but. Um, you had mentioned to me before that JT was a potential trade trade candidate. Do you think that that's the thing? I think they got subsided. Yeah, I think so. I think when they took a look at the running back market, they're like, eh. Yeah, they're like, well, uh, like, we don't want to give up our <laughs> franchise running back for a sixth rounder because nobody wants to use guys anymore. So it's kind of like, <clears throat> I think they may have panicked on like a bad year. Well, I mean, you got to think of like, I mean, they've had a bad couple of years. When like when well, I'm you, talking about I'm talking about I'm talking about statistic wise for Jonathan Taylor. Oh yeah, right. yeah. I mean, their team in general was just not that great, so that that's why they're picking where they're picking at. So they're not like fortunate like uh, Detroit or Seattle, where you know they make the playoff or well, say Detroit make the playoffs, but you know Seattle makes makes the wild card and they're picking fifth overall because Denver. It's fucking terrible last year, so yeah. So they don't get that fortunate, but yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, like you know, with the NFL, it's kind of a slow, slow week, and um, you know, no, uh, no movement on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we got about we got about uh four weeks, actually a month as of today, one month from today so the is the uh, NFL draft. Yeah, so uh, that's gonna be really exciting. In a couple of weeks, we'll be talking about that. Um, actually, the week. This kind of sucked, but the week that the draft actually happens, I'll be out of town. So, um, really, yeah, I'll actually be up in Panama that week. Oh, nice. Yes, sir. So I'll be I'll be up there. So, um, yeah, we are gonna. I have a my little my yearly tournament that I do up there around this time frame. I do that. That's gonna be during the week of the draft. So, uh, we'll have to talk about stuff before and after that. But it'll be a. Good time for sure. Do you leave? Do you leave? I leave Tuesday. Okay, so we could probably do a Monday show, like a final mock. Yeah, 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 that'll work for sure. But um, yeah, bro. But, uh, uh, yeah, no, the, talk about some the Aaron cool... Rodgers stuff, man. Yeah, can't uh, wait. It's gonna. I, I just want to be over with already. God damn it! I know. I feel like you're kind of just sitting in the well, dark. Because, well, because people have already like I saw today on Fox Sports, the Jets have. The six the best odds to win the Super Bowl. I see a bunch of lists of the AFC top quarterbacks and Rodgers is in the top five. So it's like everyone's already operating as it's as if it has already happened. Yeah. But he's obviously still part of Green Bay. And I think it's gonna get a lot messier. And I think it's because the Packers GM came out and said today that he tried calling Aaron Rodgers numerous times without Rodgers responding. But Rogers on the McAfee show said the Packers never reached out to him. So 
you probably just pissed off this man even more where he may even force your hands so like, yo, just get me the hell out of here now. And it, it's really messy because, again, like you've basically publicly stated that Jordan Love is your guy. You want to move forward mm-hmm. with him. You want to make this. You want to make the the new era over in Green Bay. Everybody gets it. We know. All right. Um, we went this turmoil about twenty years ago. We know what we know. But um, you know, Rogers doesn't. You know, Rogers has obviously stated he wants to go to to the Jets. But the thing is, too, man, is. Like, what happens, God forbid, there's no deal, and does Rogers just go to training camp and just sits on the sideline in some, in a hoodie and sweatpants and gets paid all this money? Like, that's going to be, like, really awkward for Green Bay. Like, extremely awkward. So I know that if anybody needs to get this deal done, it's probably Green Bay. Because, I mean, I feel yeah. like the Jets could be like, you know what, like, this is not working. We really don't want this. And they could make a humongous. I think the Jets would be like the, to me, if Rodgers doesn't work out, the huge favorite to land Lamar. Absolutely. I, I think so, at least. That's just, that's my feeling. I, that's why I they told shut, you the, the, Jets, the Jets also did shut it down, the Lamar thing today. They shut it down with, you know, Salah saying that basically we're all in on Rodgers. Well, yeah, of course they're going to say that. They're not going to go, hey, by the way, if Rodgers doesn't work out, we're going to go for Lamar. Like, that would be the worst PR yeah, I mean, stunt ever. Yeah, you'll piss off Rogers even more. Yeah, exactly. It's like then he'll go. You know what? Fuck already, it. I'm signing with, Pit, with, with the Patriots. Piss, yeah, exactly. He'll piss. You'll piss him off when he's on our side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he wants to be one of us. He wants to be one of us. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll be a Patriot. And you're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I'll throw a rock. Yeah, but. Yeah, so obviously slow week with when it comes to NFL, but obviously coming up very, very, very soon, like very soon, as in the end of this week, opening day for baseball. Major League Baseball is literally going to be back. Um, I, I'm excited about it. I feel like we're, you know, Dan's obviously excited, you know, being a being a Mets fan. I mean, Yankees fan. Um, Watch your damn mouth. <laughs> even though, even though it's funny that you say that. My first baseball, my first baseball game that I'll be in person seeing is actually a Mets game because oh, I was invited. Yeah. Okay. So, April eighth, yeah. The 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 game before Easter it will be the my my best friend is a Mets fan and I told him that I joined him. So, yeah, it's Mets and Marlins, but I have a Marlins jersey, so I will be wearing that that day. Oh, nice! A Florida Marlin one or a Miami Marlin. Miami Marlins, a Jose Fernandez jersey. Rest oh, in peace. Okay. That's a, yeah, that's creepy. But no, yeah, no, I am, I am pumped up for baseball. I'm gonna make it a mission this year. I actually really want to sit down and watch every single Yankees game this year. That's tough, dude, because there's games at like one o'clock. <laughs> I know, and Thursday is Thursday. I'm in the office, so it's like I'm gonna have to like. Pop my phone up somewhere, but luckily I have MLB TV this year, oh. and they kind of like they kind of like DVR every game for you, so you can watch it from start to finish. So is, and I is that, that your this little year, loophole where you're gonna like watch the games on DVR just to say you did it? I mean, so I can have like a fair like conversation if someone brings up like, "Yo, did you see that play in the fifth inning?" 
I like, can at least watch it. I can at least watch it and like kind of understand like if you know why this thing happened. Yeah, like, hold like, on, let me like speed up my DVR real quick. Give me a second. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, but no, I actually really want to sit down and like watch the Yankees games this year. And I did a few last year. I was pretty good in the first month because they were so damn good. And then I don't know. I didn't feel like playing for MLB TV last year, but this year I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna do it. Yeah, you know, it's only I, uh, twenty. It's only twenty. It's only twenty four bucks a month. I can afford it. They play and all the. They play all the Rays games locally, so I don't. I don't have to pay for anything. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if I live back in my hometown, they have the Yes Network, so I can just sit down and watch it. Or then, and then, like on Fridays, they go on UPN, or it's called like My Nine. Yeah. So I, I'll just watch it on there. And then you know Saturdays they're usually on Fox. Yeah, literally, like every Rays game is on. Uh, Fox. It's on. It's on Fox. So it's easy to watch. Yeah, but I actually really want to sit down and watch them, especially now. You know, Volpe got called up, so that's a big deal. You know, you said who, which is incredibly disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've never heard of him before. Were you I'm actually kidding. dead serious? No, never I was, heard of no, okay. no, no, I was, I was like, I was gonna say, like, you're, you haven't heard of Anthony Volpe? <laughs> <laughs> you only mentioned him probably thirty six times last season, so it's okay. It was worth mentioning that guy raked in Double A. He skipped Double A and went straight to the majors. Yeah, no, I think he, he only really had did. like, I think he only had like eleven Triple A at bats, and that was because he got like a late September call up there. Yeah, he but, um, he did really. I mean, he did really well, man. I, I think he's um, the the Rays didn't really call up anybody. We pretty much had the same like verbatim roster, just about. Except obviously, Kevin is not, is not playing with us anymore. But I mean, is that really a? I'm not gonna sit here and cry. That if I was a Rays fan, I'm not gonna sit here and cry that Kevin Kiermaier is not our center fielder. Yeah, that's true. But our pitching staff is it fucking got better somehow, and I'm really happy about that. It's healthy. Yes, it's healthy now, for now. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. Let's. Uh, you want to dive into it? Yeah, let's go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So let's um, let's start off with our division since we're gonna. It's probably gonna be the one we most talk about. The AL East. The defending division champs, my New York Yankees, okay. look to defend the crown. <laughs> they look to defend the crown against, uh, I would think, you know, I would say four out of the five teams are going to be very competitive in terms of like beating teams, especially now that this year there is a balanced schedule where you're not going to see your division opponents a lot this year. You're going to pay, you're going to play every team one time, meaning per series this year. So, I love that. You know, teams like, you know, like teams like, you know, the Orioles, the Jays, the Rays, you know, the teams that, you know, kind of maybe get bullied by a lot of bigger AL teams. Hold on. Hold, hold on. <laughs> I, I'll give you a pass on the Blue Jays and the Orioles, but like you're talking about a team who's been to more World Series in the last 10 years than the Yankees. I need you to relax. I mean, that's. I mean that's fine. No one, no one, no one ever remembers second place. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Relax. So I thought we'll you, I, was wait, I was waiting to hear COVID year doesn't count, Marcus. It does not count. I mean, I tell I mean I tell my my friends who are Dodgers fans that how's your Mickey Mouse ring? Anyway. <laughs> like if that's any season, on, I, and, if that's any season I didn't I, want to win, that's the one just because we were go, How's your Mickey Mouse season? Like that's the year that they had to fucking compete against the Marlins at the playoffs. You want you want you want to know the funny thing is too, the that Texas Rangers home stadium has been home to more history other than their own. Yeah, like you had a World Series champion in there, and you had Aaron Judge hit his sixty second record breaking home run in there. Yeah, it literally opened up that year, didn't it? Like that was. It was the first. Yeah, it was the right before COVID. I think it opened up, or I think like during COVID. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Um, but no, it's like anything, but I would say like a team like Baltimore, who was on the come up, they were very competitive last year, obviously got red hot right after the all-star break, made a late run for that last wild card spot. I think a balanced schedule really helps them out because, you know, the notion for the last few years was whoever wins the AL East was the team who beat up on the Baltimore Orioles Mm -hmm. the most. That's not the case anymore. You know, you'll be facing... You'll be facing teams like the Reds, the Pirates, you know, the Diamondbacks, um, the you know, the Marlins, Royal. Like you, you're going to get a, no disrespect to any of these teams. They're ju- these are teams that are just like either on the come up or they're just they already know that they're not going to the Cubs. Let's just say how it is. The these, these teams are the bottom of the fucking fish barrel. Okay. I will say though, the one team I did name the Diamondbacks, they may surprise. They may be this year's Orioles. Okay. I'm listening. But, um, so the AL East, once again, we'll run it down. Yankees, Rays, Jays, Orioles, Red Sox. Um, I could easily say that there's three teams in this division that could make the playoffs. Obviously, the, the, the division winner. And, and this Blue Jays and this Rays. division. Yeah, I mean, I like to... I like the Orioles this year. I really do. I think they're really going to surprise a lot of people. Mm-hmm. The Rays have to stay healthy, which also goes for the Yankees. Yeah. And the Yankees are already the Yankees are already coming in with three of their five starters starting on the IL. So that you know, they're I think the Yankees April is going to be very uh, interesting to watch. But once again, no one really. I will say this: no one really cares about April. April's kind of like your feeling out process. But if you're still <laughs> struggling by mid-May. There's a problem. Yeah. Um, but no, I can honestly see. I, I mean, the Red Sox are definitely the worst team in this division. Um, they didn't really make a lot of improvement, improvements. Um, the Yoshida kid from Japan looked really good in the World Baseball Classic. So I think that really helped out the fact that they really overpaid for him. Um, other than that, they didn't really do a lot to their rotation. Chris Sales, not even their opening day starter. So. That shows me that either A, he's not healthy, or two, they're just losing faith in him. Um, Trevor Story's out for the majority of the year. Sander Bogart's left. Um, you know, this is a big year for a guy like Alex Verdugo to kind of take that next step. I don't really see anything. Um, Baltimore Orioles pitching staff is going to be the big key this year. Um, their top pitching prospect, Grayson Rodriguez, had a really bad spring training. He got demoted to AAA today. Um, they still have guys like D.L. Hall, who I think is going to be really good. I think Grayson Rodriguez still is going to be a really good pitcher. 
Uh, it's going to be headlined by Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rutschman on the offensive side of the ball, and Cedric Mullins as well, Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes. Their offense is going to be really good. I like their offense. Um, Tampa Bay, at Glass now, McClanahan stay healthy. That's one of – that's probably tied for second, one-two punch in the AL East. I would still take Kohler Rondon and Kevin Gosman. And um, what's his face? Uh, damn, Gosman and um, who else on the on the Blue Jays? Uh, not Barrios. Stroman's not that's Stroman, right? No, Stroman. Stroman's. Uh, I'm not sure. I I forget who else they have. Yeah, but I know they have. Like, I'll say this: Toronto has a very good pitching staff. Uh. Their offense was not too impressive last year. They definitely took a little bit of a step back, a few guys. Mm-hmm. But once again, they could be. Oh, yeah, Alec Manoa. So Alec Manoa, Kevin Gosman. Uh, Manoa is the ace of that staff. Um, so, like, you know, the, the top three teams have good one two punches, which I think set, sets them up for more success. Um, and, you know, the Rays, hopefully, you got to wander Franco bounce back year obviously you know he was dealing with injuries um you could probably speak more on the Rays, marcus i don't like i said i just know their pitching staff and their bullpen is really good on uh, the yeah, offense man. is either their offense either will hit you hard or they're just going to be no hit <laughs> there's yeah, really no we, middle we, ground uh, we made the offseason addition it got zach eflin from you know from the angels uh you know he's a Orlando native so he wanted to come back and play Ross Musen did really well at the end of the last season. True, Ross Musen, yes. Dude throws absolute gas. Uh, um, so he's uh, definitely a, a nice little addition. Uh, Jeff Jeff Springs was another one that we had signed as well. So, I mean, as far as – and these guys – and he was another one that pitched really well at the end of last season um, that, you know, the Rays wanted to bring in. So we've got – we've definitely got rotation here. Um, and mm-hmm. obviously the big thing that the Rays have that a lot of other teams don't have is their bullpen. Their bullpen is – it excels at a high level. And, you know, one thing that you got to give Kevin Cash credit for with that is, you know, when they didn't have their starters that that succeeded, they used to do bullpen days. You know, they would just rotate their bullpen for the entire day. And uh, there were times where other teams were like, holy shit, maybe we should try that. And I will say I remember I remember when they rolled I remember when they rolled that out and a lot of people laughed, but it ended up being a huge success. It kind of began a trend. Yeah, it, it became it, because they they didn't have a lot of guys who were healthy at the starters, so they had to do what they had to do. And, and it honestly created it, it created like a good core of players, like you know, like Ron Yarbrough became a really key player on your team. Yeah, you know, even like a Jeff, even like a Jeff Springs, he wasn't a starter up until just recently. He was a good starter or opener, I should say, type where he can give you two innings and then you know you just kind of like build off of there. Yeah, no, you're Peter Fairbanks, right, man. But um, be an interesting, interesting team to see how they uh, turn things around. And hopefully get back to the postseason. So yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah. Um, 
you know, obviously with uh, my team, my beautiful New York Yankees, uh, obviously they made a big, two big offseason acquisitions. You can say bringing back Aaron Judge was an acquisition because he was he was out in the open market for a little Almost. bit. So bringing him back with, yeah. Well, Arson, Arson Judge is a San Francisco Giant, not Aaron. Yeah, I was saying, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he almost became a, a fucking giant. Padre, a, a giant. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, speaking of Giants, they added Carlos Rodon, mm-hmm. who was slated to start against his former team, but uh, some little left arm issues sidelined him where we probably won't see his Yankee debut until early May is what they're predicting. But early signs are looking a lot better. He's thrown two really good bullpen sessions in the Yankees like where he's at. So that's a positive move there. Um, Nesta Cortez also hurt, but he will be on the opening day roster. He will not be on the IL. He will be starting the fourth game against the Phillies. And then obviously Luis Severino, what else is new? He's hurt. Lats, you know, a lat strain, which is par for course for him because a lat strain is his injury every time. It honestly wouldn't shock me if the Yankees don't resign him next year. He's a free agent. This is a contract year for him. It would not shock me if the Yankees said, look, man, you're just made out of glass. Either you take a lesser contract or go somewhere else. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the offense, I'm really excited this year. Um, obviously the big news came out, Anthony Volpe, the Yankees top prospect made the opening day roster. He is starting a shortstop officially. So he won the shortstop job over Isaiah Conifalefa and Oswald Peraza. Peraza got sent back down to AAA after struggling this spring. Hopefully it's just like a little tweak, you know, a few, maybe a month or two in AAA, he gets a call back up. Uh, DJ LeMahieu being healthy is a huge key for the Yankees. That is the catalyst. That is the guy that gets this offense going. Probably the only contact hitter we <laughs> we have on this team right now. Um, you know, we had Harrison Bader. He's hurt. He should be back by mid-April. I like what the team's looking like. Healthy. This team is going to be lethal. That's a big key is healthy. Seems to be the Yankees' MO where they just can't stay healthy. So that, that's kind of my big thing. You need to stay healthy. Um, obviously, you know, call it what you will, healthy – Healthy Yankees team. This Yankees team wins a division. Yeah, well, I mean they're the they're the powerhouse for a reason. You know what I mean? And it's going to be between the Jays and the Rays for second place, and I think that race is going to come down to the very end. I think so too. I think that's going to be one that you know many people are going to watch this, but and it could and uh, depending on what happens, man, I don't see like the Rays being like a you know you typically see teams that try to get that extra push to get to the postseason a team that could be like a trying to get that extra push to the postseason would be like the blue jays or the rays would like they're the kind of team that looks like on on paper or like in the for like in hindsight they're like trying to be a seller but you know that what they're doing is going to work out really well in like two years so um we'll see how that we'll see what happens with that because uh yeah. Your pitching is going to keep you alive. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. Which is like, it's, it's like it's a, it usually does. You know, your pitch, the race pitching has been like their identity for ever since Kevin Cash took the team over. Yeah. But I will say this, though. 
I, I mean it. If you guys struggle this year, I'm not going to say he's going to get fired, but I'm going to say he's on the hot seat entering the following season. With what, Kevin Cash? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely going to be something to to watch out for. It just depends on, on how well the team overall does. It, it's hard to honestly, like, fire a manager when, like, half your roster is a bunch of nobodies. True. That's just honestly how it is. I mean, they're 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 a team that nobody knows. But you're going off of expectation. You're going off of expectation, so you guys are not expected to be the bottom of the barrel of the AL East anymore. This is not the early 2000s where you guys were the easy team to pick on. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, you know. Tr yeah. Trust me. I that totally makes sense. But so who knows? Um. But um. Are we agreeing that the Yankees are the predicted winners? Yeah, I I'll even say that they, that they are that you know depending on how well the Yankees do that they could potentially also be, um, you know maybe hundred hundred five win team. Yeah, I mean it's such they got they only had ninety nine last year. It's kind of they're they're August. They have to really look at August and September oh and kind of. Dude, you guys almost shit the bed on. last year, dude. Yeah, they did. They did. <laughs> They have to really look at August and September and be like, what the hell happened? Did we get gassed out? You know, hey. you know, they have to really, and I hope they looked at that in the, in the off season, like August and September. And then hell, even in the division series, they were down two one to Cleveland. Mm -hmm. You know, you almost got bumped. So it's like, you have to really kind of take a look at like what happened. Like, they had like a huge lead and the Rays chipped. It's like three and a half games at one point. And the Yankees had a, you know, I think they took two out of three from Tampa and then Tampa kind of like stumbled a little bit as well as the Yankees were stumbling. So it kind of just like balanced out even now where the Yankees were just like, yeah, okay, we're just going to take the division. But anyway, I don't want to harp too much on the AL East. Um, let's go to the AL central where we have the Minnesota twins, the tigers, the guardians, the Royals, Kind of a, I mean, <laughs> you see the teams and you look at it and you go, all right, well, we know who we're going to really kind of, you know, talk about. And the White Sox, and the White, and the White Sox, excuse me. It's definitely one of those obscene divisions where it's like, it's one good team, one average team, and the other three are really bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of how it is over there. Where I think the Royals are obviously still in that transitional period. <clears throat> um. But they got some guys, Bobby Wood Jr., Vinny, Vinny Pascatino. Mm -hmm. um, Pascatino did, you know, they, they did got, really well for Italy, by the way. Yeah, like I said, they got they got some guys. Salvi Perez is still there. MJ Jesus. Melendez, Nicky, Lo Nicky Lopez. You know, they got some good young guys. Um, but to me, they're still the bottom of the barrel in this division. Um, I have them finishing last. Yeah. Uh, my fourth, my fourth place team is going to be the Detroit Tigers. Um, another team that has a lot of young guys, you know, hopefully they get Casey Mize back uh, later this year. He was supposed to be a great pitcher for them. Mm -hmm. um, Javi Baez um, swings at everything. Don't really expect anything out of him. The only time Javi Baez is good is when he plays for Puerto Rico in the WBC. Um, Miguel Cabrera, this is the farewell tour. This is the, his official last year. Not sure how productive Miggy can be, but, you know, 
we saw how great Albert Pujols did in his farewell season, so anything's possible. Uh, they have Riley Green, good young prospect coming up. He played a little bit last year. Spencer Torkelson got called up last year, shit the bed, hopefully for a rebound year for that young man this year. Uh, you know, they have Eduardo Rodriguez pitching, Austin Meadows in right field for Murray. Uh, Kiel Badu, Tyler Nevin, Matthew Boyd, Matt Manning. Not really a whole lot to say about Detroit, you know. <laughs> That's kind of what it is, you know. They're like you said, they're young yeah, they're... Team, trying to build, trying to get better, trying to go back to their glory yeah. days when they used to, you know, perform well in the, you know, late two, you know, two thousand ten decade, man. Yeah. So this is where it gets interesting for me. <clears throat> Because between Minnesota, Cleveland, and Chicago, either one of these three teams can win this division. Yeah. It's interesting. The Twins were able to somehow get Carlos Correa to come back after he failed two physicals. And the Twins were like, hey, well, we have your physicals on file. You did A-OK. Let's you know, come on back. Yeah, that was <laughs> a really weird – that was really weird. Yeah, I, I read something too. That, like, I'm not sure if it's true or not, but they said like if like he makes like one bad turn on his ankle, there's a good chance he's like gonna like not be able to walk properly again. And I'm like, Jesus Christ! I mean, how serious was that injury that he suffered? I'm not sure, because like I don't even remember like this. That that was like a minor league injury, was it not? I I think it was minor league. Like back when he was in high school, he suffered the injury. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's definitely something that I mean, it's I uh like I said that that whole thing with you know San Francisco and then the Mets and then they were like ah, uh, like if you get like uh an owner who I'm just happy he's not on the Mets. Yeah, if you get an owner like who you know the if you get the Mets owner going well, I don't know about this one after he just spends a lot of money on you know Verlander and Scherzer and. I'm like, whew. He's like, nope, I'm good. And they know they're going to have to pay a lot of money for Pete Alonzo, too, when that time comes. Yeah. Um, but then the Twins added um, Pablo Lopez in a trade they traded, which was weird. They got Pablo Lopez from the Twins, but they traded the American League batting champion from last year, Luis Arise. But the Twins also got a few Marlins prospects in return. So it's like, it was a very interesting trade when it went down. Um, you still have Byron Buxton, Max Kepler, Kenta Maeda, Joey Gallo's on the team now, um, Jose Miranda, Nick Gordon, Jorge Polanco, Christian Vasquez, Joan Duran is a great closer, I think. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's interesting. And it, it was really hard. Um, but. I have the Twins as a second-place team. I have the White Sox in third, and I have the Guardians repeating as the AL Central champions. Which is honestly, I like think, you had said, I mean, I literally think, any I think team the Guardians – yeah, the Guardians pitching is just too damn good. Um, between Shane Beaver, Tristan McKenzie, and Cal Quantrill, that's a tremendous one, two, three, especially McKenzie and um, Shane Beaver. Um. And, you know, Andres Jimenez, all-star last year, Ahmed Rosario. You can't forget about Jose Ramirez. The guy's an RBI machine. 
they signed Josh Bell. They still have Josh Naylor. They have his brother, Bo. Um, Stephen Kwan is, is going to be a 300 hitter. They're, they play such a underappreciated brand of baseball. They're not going to beat you by hitting the home run. They, they play station to station, small ball. They'll steal bases. They play great defense. They have great pitching. Emmanuel Classe, I think he was the AL reliever of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, you know, and they're bringing back the whole team for the most part. A lot of the, all the core guys are back. On top of adding Josh Bell, who is a power bat, which you know, you 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 need one or two in your in your lineup at least. You need you need some power threat. But after that, it's like, damn, like your pitching's good, your defense is good, you got speed, you got guys who hit for contact. I will be taking the Guardians to repeat. That's a fair point, man. What do you I think like, about the I... AL Central? I, I like I, I think the additions of uh, with the twins I, I think the twins probably have I think I think the twins probably had the better shot over over the guardians uh, over, okay I like I do like the fact that they were able to resign Carlos Correa by some fucking chance you know what I mean it took like I said two two failed well it wasn't a failed physical it was we don't know if we want to go through it with the signing because of the physical. It wasn't technically labeled as a failed physical, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I like, you know, as as all as it to say, I think that you know maybe this could be the Joey Gallo signing could be one of those where people are like, you know, they the dude had a gave a lot of sh- was given a lot of shit for being on the Yankees and just a spotlight and everything. But the Twins are like that team where there's no spotlight on him. There's not really a lot to prove. And mm-hmm. he could have a really solid year depending on, you know, if if he finds a way to hit the ball, the dude can have a really good year and go back to the way that we know Joey Gallo was when he was with the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, uh, like you said, I think what – I think what Cleveland has in pitching, Minnesota has on offense. And uh, I think that it might give them the slight edge. But I think that the, I think that this division between first and second is only going to be maybe a three-game a three game difference. It's going to be a close to – this is going to be the interesting – this is going to be like that division race that we're all going to have like our, you know, side eye. Kind of taking a look at it. Like, okay. It's going to be one of those where the first to second are close, like competitively, but whoever's the second's mm-hmm. not going to make the postseason kind of deal. I agree to that one because I think the other, um, the AOS is going to have two. Like, it's going to uh, be the teams, have two playoff teams. Yeah, it's going to be like the first team out, like, that's sniffing there, and you're going to be like, damn, dude. It's, this is, yeah, whoever's second's definitely going to be doing that for, for sure. I agree. Um, so let's move over to the AL West, the last division in the American League, where we have the Mariners, the Rangers, the Athletics, the Astros, and the Angels. Dude, can you imagine having the the best player in the world in Shohei Itani and the best American player for Team USA, essentially, and Mike Trout? Can you imagine if both of them played in the same MLB team? Yeah, I've always thought about, like, what if, like, we can 
make a super team around those guys. Yeah. I oh, wonder, wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> There's more. <laughs> yep. Oh, the fucking uh, I guess Angels. I guess we're going to start off with the Angels. Um, definitely the urgency has kicked up because they went out and they went out and got Hunter Renfro. They got Brandon Drury, Tyler Anderson, Gio Urshela, Brett Phillips. Um, you know, they they definitely made it a point to, like, let's get involved in the free agency. Let's get some key role players, some good guys. Hunter Renfro, we know he's got a, a nuke for an arm. Um, Brett Phillips, another great defender. Gio Urshela, another great defender. Brandon Drury had a career year last year, and he can play multiple positions as needed. You still have Trout. You have Otani. Um, Tyler Anderson, great pitching ad. Patrick Sandoval, good pitcher. Reed Detmers, good pitcher. Um, if there's a chance for the Angels to make the playoffs, it's this one. It's well, yeah, this year. Because this is Otani's and, year. And Otani's, exactly. It's Otani's contract year. But even if they make the playoffs, I'm still firmly behind the fact that he's out. Like, no, they, the only way he stays is if they win the World Series. Which or if, I would say, honestly, I would say if they make the World Series, I think he would stay. Yeah, he's going to go to, he's going to go to like the Padres. Or the Mets or the, someone who wants to drop $500 million over 10 years, which is probably what he's going to get. As he should, because he can, he he's gonna. He's sure. He's he's, a, he's the he is a machine. It's ridiculous. I he's the guy. He that, he's a guy that he's gonna get you a twenty-one season and potentially forty home runs. Yeah, no, he is. He's the guy that you create a video game character with. Yeah, that's what he is. Yes, who is and Trout's the same way, but on the offense and defense side of the fields. Um. Anthony Rendon's coming back. I know we haven't heard that name in a long time. Uh, he used to be the best or one of the best third baseman in baseball, but injuries have uh, derailed his career. Um, I'm looking at this Angels team. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Marcus, they're a third-place team to me. The they're Angels? Not better than the, yeah, they're not better than the Mariners, and they're not. They're definitely not better than the Astros. Yeah, they may not even be. They may not even be better than the Texas Rangers. The Rangers, I tell you, made some moves. They're the they're the sleeping giant. <coughs> um, but we'll get to them because I have a pretty interesting point on the Rangers. Um, but what do you say? Do you think this is the Angels? This you know, do you have the Angels even sniffing? The playoffs because remember last year they got off to a really hot start last year and people were kind of looking like okay finally we're gonna see the best two players in baseball in the playoffs. I I don't oh, oh, okay it depends. We know the we know the ability that Otani provides. We know what he provides. We know that we know that when Trout is on he's on we we know that effortlessly trout's one of the greatest players that we've seen in our generation that's just the way Mm -hmm. it is we know that with a shadow of a doubt the problem is is that there are times here lately it's starting to kind of creep up a little bit here and there where he's having like a little injury here a little injury there or just take a little time off here but the angels in general just suck they're just terrible and the thing is is i think it's ownership 
Oh yeah, well the owner almost sold the fucking team. Remember, he all he was. Well, yeah, and and Shohei was like Shohei like tweeted out his excitement for it, and then he tweeted out his disappointment when it didn't go through. Yeah. Artie, I think it's what Artie Moreno. I think that's his name. Something. I think yeah. so. I, I think because it, honestly, I'll, and it's not the first time I've heard. I've read reports that the owner has done something detrimental, allegedly, um, or just players don't want to play for him, mm-hmm. you know, allegedly. Yeah, because he's, he's, he's not a good owner. Like, that's that's the thing. You have to be an owner that, like, you take care of your players. They'll play good Invest for you. in your team. Invest in your team. And this thing, like, I'm Mike Trout is a guy, I feel, that, like, we know – Again, his ability to play the game. We know how well he is. We know that he exceeds at an extremely high level. But come on, like we knew the guy that when he we knew that when he put signed his name on the dotted line for the, the money he was making, we knew that it was he didn't care if they didn't go to the World Series. He was like, oh, okay, like that's cool. Like I'm making a fuck ton of money, and that's to- and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. with ha- with with doing that. You know what I mean? Like, there, there's a, there, it's people that are just like that, and at the end of the day, that's totally your choice. Uh, but I definitely think that if if you probably go back to the free agency or whenever he was potentially going to do it, I guarantee you that like the Phillies, because he is from Phil that Philadelphia area, would have given him a blank check and said, "Put the number, put the years, and we'll sign it." Yeah. yeah. I'll be honest with you, man. If I own the Angels, we would have a squad. Because it, it's marketable. It's marketable that if you want to play with Trout and you want to play with a global sensation and Shohei Otani. Like, it, it's it's smart. Well, you're playing it's, in L.A. It's a smart move. Yeah. The, you know, it's... The team I, 10 I, minutes I, down exactly. the road has a fucking stacked squad and you're telling me you can't get it ha- make it happen? Ten minutes especially on the road, in league, especially in a league where there's no salary cap, and you clearly—I guarantee you—if you had built a squad around Otani and Trout, Otani would be like, you know what? We have the talent, you know. Yeah, let's, you know, let me hit them. Let, let me test the market, but I'm not going to rule you guys out of resigning. Yeah, he has essentially—he has essentially wrote them off, saying, "Don't even call my agent because I'm going to go somewhere else." Where I can win, yeah, and it you know so. he deserves it. Um, but you know I have the Angels on third place right now. Um, though I don't even want to talk about the Athletics. We know where they're finishing. The Las Vegas Aces. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, my fourth place team is the Rangers. Okay. And I will say it like this. Their offense is not going to do the damage that we're anticipating. Uh, Corey Seager's a good player. Um, Marcus Simeon, to me, I think is good, but obviously was not Toronto Marcus Simeon. He batted 248 last year. He batted 265 um, with the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, his almost MVP year. Um after that, there's no one on the offense I'm going to be like, oh, shit. 
you know, they have Josh Smith, Adolis Garcia, Nathaniel Lau, who people say is going to have a good year. I don't think he's going to have a good year. Uh, Mitch Garver, catcher, strikes out way too much. Leody Tavares, still kind of unproven, but, you know, could be a decent um, piece. Then we get to the rotation. Now, their rotation on paper is great. DeGrom, perennial Cy Young candidate, probably the favorite. Nate Evaldi, he throws gas. Martin Perez was the first-time All-Star last year. Uh, Andrew Heaney has rebounded his career since um, since leaving the Yankees. Mm. Uh, they have Jake Odorizzi, John Gray, and Dan Dooning, who can all be starters. Um, my thing to Jacob Brown is you're coming over to the American League where it's harder than the National League. The teams on the AL side, we can debate, are a lot better than the National League side. Hence why the American League wins the All-Star game almost every single year. Would you, you, would have you debate that uh, American League teams have better hitting and, and National League have better pitching? I would say the National League pitching is good, but the American League pitching is catching up. Especially now that, you know, Rodon switched over. And obviously, Degrom now switched over as well. Um, you have to face the Astros. You have to face the Mariners. You have to face the Guardians. You got to face the Yankees, the Jays, the Rays, and the Orioles. You know, a lot of teams that can hit that I just named. If Degrom comes here, dude, I think I'm gonna have to watch that game in person. That's I just – and the thing is with the Grom, it's like it's not going to be a cakewalk. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, he doesn't start a lot of games because he gets hurt. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, just, as bad, he's just as bad as Luis Severino. And I hate to say that because you hate seeing anyone get hurt, let alone one of the greats in the game get hurt because it's it's amazing to watch him pitch. Mm-hmm. But if 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 he's out – there's no guarantee Martin Perez is going to rebound and have another all-star year. You know, he didn't, he didn't pitch that well in the World Baseball Classic. He got dinged by the United States. Um, but granted, that United States lineup is something that only God can create. <laughs> and then Japan um, just went, mm, done. Yeah. Um, you know, Andrew Heaney, we don't know. Nate Evaldi is very up and down. Jake Odorizzi, we don't know. John Gray, John Gray, we don't know. So it's like there's a lot of we don't knows rather than, okay, if the ground gets hurt, we still have this guy, this guy, and this guy. Yeah. Our offense is surrounded by Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to like – I'm not shaking in my boots. Right. No, totally get it, man. That that makes sense. So – I have the Rangers, and it's a hot take. I have them in fourth. And then uh, my top I, two. I feel like I'll uh, add something to that. The Rangers uh-huh. at four will be closer closer to first than they will be the fifth. Oh, I mean, the, a AAA team can come up and probably beat the Athletics. I mean, that's fair, but, like, we're talking about, like, an A's team that, like, literally spends no money. But randomly, we'll we'll be talking about them in July as a team that watch out. Yeah, like I said, you never know with that team. But this one is kind of like wow. 
like yeah <laughs> it's like this dude, one's like wow like and i and ownership the thing is, i don't think <laughs> like, it's different now because now the players really don't want to play there if they had like a shiny new stadium and like they were taken care of by upper management you know from like last year we were here and they're like the owners just don't give a shit yeah maybe they'd be a little bit more competitive and they'd want to go out there no one wants to play there that stadium is disgusting it makes tropicana field look like the rangers new stadium like and that's saying something like because the, the trop is a dump i don't personally mind it but i te- i definitely get what you're saying but, yeah like go go to montreal please <laughs> we need to go back to montreal yeah they're, um, they're gonna go to, I would, love, to Vegas. I would love a baseball, i would love a baseball team in montreal that's a side note but you yeah, know once the a's move to vegas they'll be an attractive brand again i promise you it's like when the, the rams players were from st louis to la yeah you went you won a super bowl in a few years not saying the a's are going to win a world series but at least you know players are going to want to go play in las vegas you want to play under those bright lights you want to you want to live in las vegas you know, obviously, we've seen you know some terrible things that these that the Raiders players have done since moving to Las Vegas, but you know it's still like a very attractive city to play in. I mean, unfortunately, there's a lot of temptations out there that are not exactly the best, but yeah. once again, it's an attractive city to play for. It's also um, no state tax there in Vegas too, versus paying in California. Exactly. Um. But, you know, uh, I have Athletics last, Rangers four, Angels three, Mariners two, Astros one. Yeah, I think the Astros one is kind of a, I want to say like a no-brainer, but the Mariners even were with going Altuve, to make the wild card. Yeah, and honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if the first two months of the year the Mariners are in first place. Altuve going down is a significant loss for that offense. Yeah. That is, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, they still have, you know, Jordan Alvarez, who is a power hitter that also bats over 300. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I would say the Mariners make that next step, too. Like, they're going to get more competitive. Like, they might actually be able to keep up with um, the Astros for a little bit. They're going to be a team that will probably be a buyer at the, at the uh, trade deadline. Oh, absolutely. Both of them will be. Um, so let's jump over to the National League. Do you want to jump over to it we on have, this one, or do you want to – we can move on to it on, on the next episode because we're a little over an hour now right now. You want to do a Thursday episode? Yeah, we'll do that then. Okay, so then we'll um, we'll pause there with the um, American League. So right now in consensus – we have I have the Yankees, the Guardians, and the Astros as division winners, mm-hmm. and I have the Mariners, Jays, and Rays as the wild card participants. I've got the the Yankees, Twins, and Astros winning the divisions. I've got the I've got the Mariners, the Mariners, Rays. And um, uh, Blue, Blue Jays making the postseason. All right. So the only difference is, is I, I the AL Central. Yeah, that's literally it. But yeah, other than that, Wait, I, no, said, I, we, I, uh, I didn't realize what time it was. 
yeah, we, we definitely rolled through the, uh, the this hour pretty quickly, and we talked about, obviously, the American League. Um, you know, like I said, it is Monday. <clears throat> a lot can happen between now and then. You know, updated Lamar news might happen between now and then. Aaron Rodgers is a Jet may or may not happen between now and then. Um, probably not. Probably not, but you never know. Um, it's probably happened tomorrow morning that we just talked about it here. Uh, so, yeah, other than that, you know, like I said, we'll talk more about uh, baseball here soon and uh, go through our National League. And then after that, we're going to go through and p- pick some, you know, season awards and then who our uh, World Series reps are going to be from the American League and National League side and pick our winner. Yeah, and, you know, Thursday – Sporting will be obviously we'll be celebrating opening day, so we'll be able to get these picks in before um, it's a little too late. <laughs> exactly, man. But yeah, all right, y'all. So uh, thank you guys for listening as always to our episodes and everything, and uh, make sure to pay attention to what Dan posts on Twitter. Uh, you know, he's definitely been keeping up with everything. Have a good time. Uh, but definitely gonna pick up quite a bit. You know, here soon especially when the Yankees the Yankees are playing and, you know, when the draft hits here in a few weeks, it's definitely going to be a, a lot busier. So, but again, thank you guys for uh, listening yes. as always, and uh, we will see you all on Thursday. Adios.